What's up, guys? Welcome to the Hyphen Weekend Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilbanks. Today, we're going to be talking about a simple topic, and that is a night with the Lions. Sometimes being preferred isn't always preferable, and we're going to dive into what that looks like, what that can feel like, and how to avoid being taken down by the night or the fear of the lion. I hope you've had a great week, and I hope you had a good time having the great week and i look forward to today's podcast with you let's cue the intro and dive in hey what's up guys first i'd like to say i hope you've had an awesome week and i want to extend a huge thank you to you all for joining in with me on the podcast today I believe that the hyphen generation is ready to unlock and experience the greatest revival that this world has ever known. On this podcast, we will focus on preparing, equipping, and empowering hyphen across our nation and world to engage with purpose their great commission. Your time is here and now. I'm your host, Matt Wilbanks, and this is the Hyphen Weekend Podcast. What's up, guys? Again, I'd like to say thank you for joining in with me today. And again, I'm excited that you have chosen to be a part of this podcast with me. We're going to start out a little bit differently today. I'm just going to read to you a couple of scriptures, and we're going to dive in. We're going to start at Daniel chapter number 6. And it says, And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, again, we've talked about this on several occasions uh, on this podcast, and sometimes being preferred isn't always preferable. Right, Just like being favored isn't always favorable or doesn't feel favorable because we can find ourselves sometimes making decisions for the kingdom and feeling like it was the right decision and somehow I still end up in a lion's den or in a prison of some sort all the while doing what I thought was the right thing. And so it can lead down a path of discouragement if we're not careful. So we're just going to dive into this story. Chances are you probably know this story. This is a very familiar story, but I thought it good to have this conversation today. And so here we are. And, and like the Bible said, when we opened up this show, 120 princes were appointed and then three presidents above those. And one of those, those presidents was Daniel. And he was favored above them that were posted there with him because of the spirit of, that was on him, an excellent spirit. And um, there are people that were not favorable of that spirit. And so they began to try to conspire something against Daniel to try to overcome him and and try to, in fact, in Daniel chapter number six, verse number five, they said, uh, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they knew we're not going to trip Daniel up. In, in how he serves the king and anything that he does because all of his actions were excellent. He was uh, a walking, talking, living fruit of the spirit. If you saw 
uh, Daniel, you saw someone who was connected to heaven and connected to God, and he would be a representative of that. Every time you saw him, he would be serving in a capacity in whichever was asked of him. So they knew we can't trip him up in his servitude or his attitude or his actions. We're going to have to find a way to make it to where him serving his God will conflict with him serving his king, uh, which is Darius at this time. And if we can do that and can, can conspire together and formulate some sort of plan in which Daniel would bring himself into uh, a place of blame, if you would, then we'll be able to catch him. And they knew it. And so they conspire this plan and they say, hey, Darius, I think it's a good idea if you come up and, and, and you make sure that for the next month or so, nobody gets to pray to anybody else or ask anybody else for anything because you're the king, you're the man, and we want to honor you and all this stuff. They, they paint this pretty picture. And Darius, he's got power. He's human. He's not spiritual. And so he's like, sure, let me sign off on this thing. And he does. And so they decree this thing. They make this ordinance or whatever. And Daniel in chapter number six, verse number 10 says, it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So what happened? He knew that this was going to be a detriment to me. This is going to put me in hot water with people who are looking to get at me. This is going to put me in a tough spot with people who are trying to get me in, in, in trouble. And, and in this fact, they were trying to get him killed because the, the, the demolition of the man or the destruction of the man for doing this uh, or crossing this ordinance or doing something they're not supposed to do regarding this law. The sentence was, we're going to toss you in an alliance then, and that's going to be that. So Daniel, knowing full well what would happen to him, did it anyways. And I thought when I read this scripture, um, it says that, excuse me, it says that he went into his house and that the, his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. I thought that was the one of the boldest things that I could have read about Daniel is the Bible says that when he decreed that, he knew it was going to happen and he prayed with his window open toward Jerusalem. And I thought, man, is he being a rebel right now? Is he opening his window so that everybody can hear what he's doing and hear what he's saying just so that they know, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to rebel against you. And I, and I thought about that and I thought, you know what? That's not what happened. What happened is he did what he always does. His window was always open towards Jerusalem because his heart was towards Jerusalem. His heart was toward the the, the people of God and, and where they had come from and all this stuff. So the window was always open in my estimation. And so when I, when I read this, I thought, man, I wonder what would happen if we left the window open towards heaven all the time, regardless of what kind of thing was coming at us, regardless of what kind of situation was coming at us. We're not distracted by the threat of a lion's den. We're not distracted by the law that they're saying that I cannot connect in relationship to my God because somebody else needs to be asked. No, I, I am going to continue as I did a four time. I'm going to continue to do what I did this whole time, and I'm going to leave the windows of heaven open, or my window toward heaven open, rather, so that heaven's window can be open in my life. I control heaven in my life. The Bible said that if I bind it on earth, he'll bind it in heaven. If I loose it on earth, he'll loose it in heaven. So I control heaven in my life. Do I, do I, am I in control of everything that comes through my life? No, but I am in control of what access God has to my life. So as long as I leave the window open towards new Jerusalem, 
then God will continually have access to pour out heaven to me. There should be a constant flow of God in my life. I'm filled up, I pour out. I'm filled up, I'm poured out. That's why it's going to flow out of my belly as living waters. So Daniel does this. He says, I've did this before, and I'm going to continue doing this, just like I did before this happened. And so he knew if he continued his daily prayer three times a day that he would be breaking the ordinance of the king. But guess what? He did it anyways. He didn't care. Not that he was being disrespectful, not that he had to buck against the system. None of that mattered as far as his attitude towards that. His attitude was simply this, I'm going to keep praying anyways. I'm not going to fight you. We're not going to discuss it. There's no such custom as Paul would say. I am just going to keep praying. And if you don't like that, if you don't understand that, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. I'm going to pray anyways. It doesn't matter. And so he does, and but by doing that, exactly what these people thought, the other two presidents, they said, we got him now. He broke the ordinance and the law. They go to Darius, and Darius is like, oh, my goodness gracious, what have I done? I've been tricked into this, but I don't have a choice now because I've made a law. I've made an ordinance, and I've got my signet on this thing, so I can't go back on this. And so... He had to do what he said he would do. And so he could not, Daniel could not disown his covenant with God, whether by fear or intimidation. And Darius had made this, this, this law. And so he had to go by it as well. And so even though the king did not want Daniel in trouble and, and Daniel gone from his life, he wanted to put Daniel over, thing, over everything. So against his wishes, and even with his mind being fixed to try to find a way to save Daniel, the result remained a dark night with the lions a night with the lions the bible says that the king didn't sleep at all and he fasted all night for daniel and even when daniel was going to be put in the lions den, the king looked at daniel in the eyes and said your god will deliver you from this right like he he didn't want to put him in there and he had no control over it so he was looking at daniel almost in a pleading way saying i hope that your god can deliver you from this because i don't want you to go he'll deliver you i'm sure he'll deliver you and so Daniel goes head first into the lion's den. Then in our walk with God, there will be a time of distinct choice in our life that will, will have to be made. A choice maybe of separation, a choice of acceptance one way or the other. Maybe I'm accepting what God is doing in my life. I'm accepting that I'm going to pray every day. I'm accepting that I'm going to do this. But, but by accepting what God has called me to do, I am rejecting what the world is saying. Culture is saying that I should accept this sin or that sin, whether it be the big thing now is, is, is um, what, what is it, not just being uh, the, the homosexual, homosexuality or things of that nature, but also now we've crossed over into gender-neutral things and, and, and uh, people crossing over into more than two genders or into whatever, whatever however far you want to go down um, that that rabbit hole, regardless if I'm accepting what God says and he says that these things are sin, then I am, by the world standard, rejecting what they're saying just by making a decision that I'm going to go with God on this. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to be negative. I don't have to do this. But I am simply accepting God's word and God's ordinance and God's law. And if by accepting God's law, I am rejecting a law of man or rejecting something that will cause... Uh, something that God doesn't agree with to be okay, then I, I, I must stand on the side with God. And so I'm not bucking against the system. But if I do that, it could cause me to land with a knight with the lions. It happens. 
It does happen, and I'll have to make this choice, and I'll have to make this this decision for this season, and it will not be free what God has for me. It will cost me something, and it might cost me a night with the lions, and, and it might be that I am ostracized or that you are betrayed or left with a dawning shadow of loneliness or whatever, and even abandoned by people that you love the most because your adversary does not fight fair. He fights in any way that he can. He fights in every way that he can. And as low as he can go, he is prepared to go that low. I could ask you, have you ever felt alone? Have you ever been left in the darkness of anxiety and hurt while alone with the thoughts of this might be the end? This might be what finishes me. This might be uh, the product of, of, of all the things that, that, that have led to this point I want to tell you that depression is real, anxiety is real, and if I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent with you, which I want to be, then I got to tell you up till before the age of 35, I'm telling my age now, I'm 36, I thought that anxiety and depression and things of that nature were just simply a, a, a mind, a construct of the mind. I thought that it was something that people dealt with, maybe they were handed a bad card, maybe they've been dealing with stuff their whole lives, and, and they just somehow landed in this place, and their mind was created, or, or the adversary had, had been able to find a hole or a gap in between their brain cells, and in between their mind, and he was able to operate and, and drop things into their mind, but, but I gotta be honest with you, in the past year and a half, I have been open to a different side of that thing, and I have had to deal with depression that was very real, I've had to deal with anxiety that was very real, it has landed in my lap in a way that I thought, man, this is so crazy, I can't believe that this is happening this way. Some, some events that, that, that ring very true, I uh, went on a hunting trip. I go on a hunting trip every year, every November to Missouri. It's very fun. We have a lot of great times there, a lot of good times there. And it's, it's just a fun time to get away, be in the woods, hunt, have fellowship with a brother and things of that nature. And so we were there this past year. I'm just being, I'm just being transparent now. In November, we were there. And I was, I was hunting. I was all this stuff. And I started... After we got there for a day or two, um, I would go into my stand. I would climb up in my stand, and I would be waiting for the deer. But all of a sudden, I was so anxious that I could barely sit in my deer stand. I had to climb down a couple times just to gather myself or gather my thoughts. I messaged my wife back home. I called my wife back home, and I said, hey, I need you to pray for me. I am struggling right now, and I don't know what it is. I'm not a weak-minded person. I'm not an individual that just submits myself to everything that comes to me and, and says, well, this is just too much or too big, or I'm sad about it. I normally can shake myself out of these things or fight against these things or become dogmatic and push my way through an adversary that comes against me but it felt like I was at the mercy of a dark lion's den and I was in the I was in a night with the lions I was I was fueled by anxiety at this point the whole time I was there I was fighting things and it felt like something was sitting on my chest I couldn't breathe and and all these things that ruined my whole trip I never told anybody that I was there with what was going on but I was struggling and I was reaching for my wife for help and I was reaching for my pastor for help and I was praying for help but but Somehow or another, I still found myself in what felt like a night with the lions. This thing continued. I went to northern uh, Indiana some point last year, later on in the year, and I was there at the very end, probably about 40, 40 minutes from Chicago, something like that. 
and I was there, and I was staying with some friends, and, and I would wake up while I was there, and I would pray. I would pray for my friends. I would pray for their home. I would pray for my family. But when I would wake up, I felt that same anxiousness like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. I can't stay here. Something bad's going to happen. And I was fighting this thing. I was wrestling this thing, and something happened. We were supposed to stay longer than we did, but something happened, and this couple had to go somewhere else. And it was just an excuse for me at that time. I was like, all right, I need to get out of here. I need to get home. I need to go see a doctor. I need to go figure out something. Something has to give in some way, shape, or another because I can't keep dealing with this. And so I found myself in a lion's den full of lions of anxiety and fear and depression knocking at my door. And the whole time I'm looking around saying, I made the right decisions. I didn't do anything to find myself in the night with the lions, spending the night with the lions. I went to a diner, and this time I was not the, the, the person that was going to eat. I was the dinner. I, I went to a diner, and I was the dinner. I know that's punny or whatever you want to say, but when you feel like you were surrounded by your adversaries and they could just pick you apart and, and the whole time you look around saying, God, what did I do? I thought I made all the right decisions. I thought I did all the right things. And I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I'm feeling consumed by this thing that is circling around me like a dark night in a lion's den. And I don't know what to do. I don't know the answer. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And so what's the answer? And Daniel looks at this situation, he looks at the ordinance, he looks at all these things, and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray anyways. I'm going to keep my window open. I'm not going to shut the door to heaven. I'm not going to shut the door to the church. Um, Jerusalem, I'm going to keep looking in on you. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep talking to God. I'm going to keep doing these things. And whatever happens will happen. But as for me, I'm not going to change what I've been doing this whole time. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to stay focused, and God will come through because God has always come through. He's never failed me. He's never forsaken me. He has allowed the trial of my faith to go on. He's allowed things in my life to happen to buffer some of the the carnality out of my life, and I've had to to put away my attitude or put away certain things or swallow my pride or kill it or whatever you want to call it. But he has never left me there. He's always taught me lessons or he's always built my faith or given me testimony. He's never left me there. And so the answer is to pray anyways. Pray anyways. Again, you and I create heaven in our lives, not created as in like God created it, but as in I open the windows of my life and I create an atmosphere to which heaven can pour into me and I can pour out. And again, heaven can pour into me and I can pour out and I can live in a constant flow of the spirit by doing exactly what I did yesterday which is to keep praying. Maybe a situation finds itself in your doorstep. Maybe a situation finds yourself or finds itself to your doorstep or at your door, whatever you want to say. And, and the answer is to continue to do what you do. But if you do continue that, it's going to put you in a night's time with a lion's den or for a season's time, you'll be in a lion's den. And you'll be standing there and you'll be facing these lions looking at you and you're thinking this whole time, I hope the angels don't leave because Daniel's answer to Darius when Darius rushed to him and rolled, picks the stone up and yells for Daniel, his answer is the angels of the Lord came and shut the mouths of the lions. I can't imagine what that felt like. 
if I'm sitting there, and I'm sure there was a boldness in his spirit, and I'm sure he was uplifted, but but you have to be standing there to feel that anointing. You got to be in the room to feel that anointing. So I can't imagine what he felt like when he was sitting in there, because I'm thinking from a carnal perspective. I'm like, man, I would be thinking like, I hope these angels don't get called to another destination or to another thing because I got another couple of hours. I imagine that was one long night for Daniel. Maybe it was. Maybe he was so contacted with God and, and the, there was so much anointing and glory and power in that room that there was no room for doubt because the light of God was there. Or there was no room for fear because the, the perfect love was, of God was there and it was just casting out all darkness and he was sitting there and like, I, I hope that that's what happened. I hope he got the best night of sleep of his life. I hope he fell asleep like Simon Peter did when he was locked down by the centurions. I hope that the angel had to wake him up like he did Simon Peter and said, get up, it's time to wake up. This, this night is over. You can move on with your life. I hope that's how it was. But in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'll be watching the clock like, I hope this ends soon. I hope this doesn't continue because I don't know what happens next. And I'm, I hate to say this word, but, but I would be a little bit afraid of a lion standing next to me or sitting next to me or whatever. But it's so powerful what God can do. And so the answer to that question is simple. We don't need to make it complicated. The answer to the question is, how do I handle this? How do I avoid being overtaken by the night and the lions and the den? How do I overcome that? How do I deal with that? The answer is simple. The answer is, I'm going to keep on doing what I did aforetime, like the Bible said. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop fasting. I'm not going to stop reading my word. I'm going to continually make the alignments, continually make the adjustments, continually pursue God, continually keep the desires of God in my heart and not acknowledge my way, but his way and let him direct my path. I will not die this night. Friend, I want to share that with you as well. You will not die in this night season You will not fall away in this night season, but God will remember you. The Bible says things like God remembered Lot for Abraham's sake. He remembered a barren Rachel and a broken Hannah to bring forth Samuel. God remembered them, my friend, and he will remember you. Morning will come and the stone will be removed from the night season for the light to come in and elevate you from your circumstance all for his glory. Amen and amen. I'm thankful that God is on my side and that he is fighting for me and that he is fighting for you. I love you guys. I pray for you continually. I pray that you have a great rest of the day, rest of the weekend. Pray that you go into next week knowing that this is going to pass, that this can only last for a little bit of time because I'm here for a purpose and God's will is not for me to be locked up in this cave. He's got work for me to do. But until he takes back the stone, until he, no matter what the the issues are, what the answers are, what, what the repercussions are, I am going to pray anyways. Keep praying, saints. Keep loving God. There's a big work to be done. And not only that, there's a big work for him to do for you and through you. And I believe it's already done. Again, love you. Thank you for showing up with me today. Thank you for listening. I pray the blessings and the hand of God upon your life. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.